0: two. Uh, Let's begin reading this passage beginning in verse number seven, if you would read along with me. And the Bible says, and she, talking about Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came round about them or came upon them And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day. Notice he's he's speaking to shepherds, and he says, for unto you. Jesus came for everyone, including shepherds, and the angel said that that this, this, this baby came to you, this day in the city of David, and notice a savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel, in other words, while the angel is sharing this good news, now a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace goodwill toward men. Now, isn't that look here, that's God's intent on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's why Jesus came. Now, let me ask you, is there peace on earth? Is there goodwill toward men? No. Not at all. And Jesus came that we could have this, but yet we understand this day we live in is much like the day that Jesus came. And the Bible says in verse number 15, After the angels and the multitude singing, it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it, what did they hear? They heard the report of the shepherds. They heard what the shepherds experienced. They heard the wonder of what God did at what we call Christmas. And the Bible says, and when all they had heard it, they wondered at those things which were told them by who? By the shepherds. And so this morning I've entitled just our, our thoughts this morning, Striking Similarities to Shepherds. Uh, striking Similarities to Shepherds. Now, this story, we looked at Luke's account, and of course not every one of the Gospels shares the, what we call the Christmas story, but Luke's Gospel, this record, reveals God's love for the most common and the most sinful of man. The reality is the context this morning is dealing with shepherds, but <clears throat> how many people are sinners? Yeah. So when you think about this, this is God's love for all of us, right? John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we think about this, how these shepherds, <clears throat> they were men that uh, we understand by their profession, shepherds, that they were living their lives, they were doing what they had to do to survive, they were working a job, they, they were doing all those things just trying to make ends meet, but in this passage in Luke 2, on this particular day and the days to follow, they experienced life-changing, eternity-altering grace, God's grace came down to them in the form of His Son. They were visited by the heavenly messengers, and they met Jesus. Now, listen. After they met Jesus, their lives were changed forever. Anybody else can relate to that? After you met Jesus, your life was changed forever. Uh, good to see, Brother and Mrs. Chin. We've been praying for you. Good to see you all here this morning. And you know, I think about so many of us that I look around this auditorium just like myself that because of our experience and our time with the Lord, that we weren't there when he was born as a babe in that manger, but from the moment we met him, our lives have been altered for all of eternity. I look at RJ here, one of our newest uh, believers in Christ, Uh, RJ, how old are you, Twenty. 28, and he's a baby. According to the Bible, he's a babe in Christ. And uh, I love the fact that he comes to the services, and he's here for Sunday school, and he's drinking from the bottle, the milk, the sincere milk of the word, and, and uh, he's, he's chomping at the bit. He wants some real meat, some steak, you know, and that's the way Christians ought to be. We ought to be, uh, once we experience the Lord, guess what? We should want more. I watched my little nephew the other day, and Uh, excuse my 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 little grandson and and uh, we stopped at we stopped at a heavenly place called Chick-fil-a and uh, my daughter they uh, we sat down at the table and she she got a little meal for her daughter and for her for her son and my little grandson they put him in a little uh, chair there and my daughter opened this little box had chicken nuggets and as soon as she opened that box up I mean I could tell this little boy's a Baptist because I mean he saw that chicken and got excited and she started tearing it up and putting it out on the thing. And I mean, you didn't have to explain to him, now this is chicken. if you put this in your mouth, it's good. You didn't have to explain that to him. He knew what that was. And he didn't just take one piece. He took two, and then he took three, and then he started throwing them. I mean, he was having a great time with it. But, but listen, when we, when we experience what the shepherds did, we can't help but want more. Anybody want more of Jesus? Yeah, I I think to myself I I never get enough of the Lord and, and they were visited by this heavenly host and when they experienced that the Bible talks about how they came away from this experience with really a song of praise in their heart and it was something on their lips. They you look, you didn't have to try to pull it out of them. The Bible says again in verse number 17 that they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. I mean, they, taught, they went around telling everybody about what had happened. They, they began to sing a new song. And by the way, when we have met the Lord, we ought to have the same song on our lips. Uh, we ought to want to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I had uh, some funny experiences because my, my dad was not really raised in a religious home. <clears throat> my dad had been around church very little growing up. And um, my mom was uh, raised in a very devout Catholic home. And when they met, of course, my dad, just like I was with my wife, he was kind of smitten and fell in love. And and, uh, of course, you know, us men will do just about anything to get the woman we love. And so my mom, she says, listen, I'm Catholic. And so my dad actually went through and kind of jumped, the Catholic church makes you jump through certain hoops. It was a little different back then, but he had to kind of go through some religious exercises so that he was okay by the Catholic Church that they could get married. And uh, my dad was kind of funny because as I spent some time with him, I was talking to him about the Lord. And uh, my dad looked at me and he said this to me about uh, three or four days before he went to be with the Lord. He says, you know, Dane, he said, I never did really care for Catholic teachings. He said that to me been part of it for over 60 years. And I thought, how sad. You know, because I told my dad, I said, you know, dad, I said, you know, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about knowing him in a personal way. And and these these shepherds, they got to know the Christ child. And I want to just share with you a few thoughts this morning on uh, some similarities that you and I share with these shepherds. Now, I know you probably know, and again, I may think a little bit differently, but I believe that some of these similarities are based on the Word of God this morning, and maybe you might see yourself the way I did, thinking about some of these similarities. For instance, look at the first one, is I think that, like with these shepherds, that we are similar in our occupations, in our occupations. Uh, These men, I think, like all of you, Uh, and some of you may be retired, but even when you were younger, they were engaged in the business of life or the busyness of life. Uh, They were doing what they could, as I mentioned before, to provide for their families, provide for themselves. Uh, They were shepherds. What what did shepherds do? Well, they, they watched over their flocks. They tended to every need of their flocks. They would guard the flocks from wolves that would try to enter in among them. Uh, they would nurture the flocks, especially when they were uh, delivering baby sheep. And uh, they they watered them and they protected them. I mean, you know, you think about uh, when the, the Hebrew people, the Jews, when they would go for the Passover, many of them would take a, a lamb as a sacrifice. And these shepherds, it could have been that they were watching over some sheep that would have possibly been some of those animals that would have been provided in the temple services. They were men that were just busy with their lives. Anybody else in here busy with your life? I mean, I told a lady the other day uh, that came to see, uh, pay respects and see our family, and of course pay, pay respects to my father. Uh, she made a comment about some things that they were doing, and I looked at her, and I mean, I didn't dare say, or try to guess how old she was, but I would say she was probably in her late 70s or 80s. And I made a comment to her. I said, isn't it amazing? I used to think that the older you got, that life slowed down. Until I met a person like Gerald Gilbert or my dad, that instead of slowing down, life speeds up. Anybody else feel like your life just continues to get busier and busier, things going on? I mean, I know I've talked to Brother John quite a few times about his business and things that he's got going on. That's the way these shepherds were. They were busy with their lives, and I think that describes many of us, that we, we work and we live our lives, and it just seems like our days start to run together. You know, it's like I start to tell somebody something, and I'm like, wait a minute, was that Tuesday? No, that was Monday. You know, no, wait a minute, it was Wednesday. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes we can't keep track of all of it. Uh, We we carry out, uh, just like the shepherds, the various duties in our lives, but we spend the bulk of our days working to provide. That's what they did. I mean, it was a different day. They didn't have all the things that we have to distract in life today, but I'm, I'm afraid that as we just go through day after day, we give little thought about what awaits us after this life. I've had a lot of time to think about that. Over these last couple of weeks. I know my dad thought a lot about that over the last couple of weeks. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, verse 27, as it is appointed, notice the word there, it's appointed unto men once to die. But look at the rest of the verse. After this, the judgment. The lady said to us at the funeral home, she's, I forgot what she was calling it scroll, I think she called it. She said, we'll order your father's scroll. And I kept thinking, what is she talking about? It's a little bitty plate that they were going to put on his his graveside marker with with the day that he stepped into eternity. And I thought to myself, you know, that every one of us, no one's going to live forever. Not one of us. But I'll tell you this, we ought to be thinking about what's going to happen after this because if we're thinking about what's going to happen After this life, guess what it's going to do? It's going to change the way we're living now, right? Uh, A lot of times people think about, and Brother Flynn and I have had many conversations about what the Bible talks about, what we call eschatology or the doctrine, the beliefs uh, that the Word of God teaches about what's going to happen in the days to come. And we may not be around here for much of that, but I'll tell you this even though we're saved and we can say, hey, look, I've already got my ticket to heaven. What about all those people that don't know? Do we care enough about them? See, these men, they had the busyness of life. Look, work is something that I know many of you, I know this is not the crowd to say this to, but a lot of young people, they think the word work or the concept work is a bad thing. Can I tell you, if you study back in the book of Genesis, God didn't curse man with work. That wasn't a part of the curse. Work is something that God has given to us. And by the way, we ought to be working. Work is a good thing. It's a good thing to work. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.8, if any provide not for his own, well, how do you do that? By working. It says here, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. We need to work to provide for our family. These shepherds, they they were working out in the fields. They were providing for their families. I mean, thank God for the privilege to work. I mean, uh, I had quite a few people say to me, because you have to understand, I grew up Catholic, and almost everybody that I saw, because I've been gone from that area 25 years in ministry, people came by and they're like, So, what are you doing now? And I said, Well, I'm a Baptist preacher. You're a what? Because most of them remembered who I was before I got saved, the one person I cared to choose to forget. But, you know, they, they, they asked me, they're like, and, and a lot of them, they're, you know, I, I could tell by looking at them, well, that's not work, you know. Boy, it must be nice just to work one day a week, you know. Uh, you know, like Sunday's the only day that I do anything. But, you know, work is something that, we ought to be thankful for. I, I'm thankful that, that, that God's given me an opportunity to work. But if that's all there is to life, this matter of work, 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 then life's a tragedy. Uh, you know, my dad, listen, he came from that generation. My dad not only worked, but he worked side jobs. My dad went to work after he worked. But I'm, t- I'm going to tell you, the one thing I am glad is I'm glad for all the memories I had with him that when it came time for us to play sports, my dad not only was there, he was coaching us. I can still remember going uh, to, to uh, my dad took my sister and I, my youngest sister, she's two years older than I am, <clears throat> and I think that for a while, he didn't think he was going to have any sons, and so he turned my sister into a tomboy. And uh, she, she watches football to this day. I mean, she, so he took us fishing, and uh, we went fishing some of those Zebco 202 rod and reels, you know, those real expensive ones that you can buy from Walmart. And he took us fishing. I'll never forget, we were, out, we were at the banks fishing, and a swarm of bees came on us. I mean, they were stinging us. And I dropped my pole. I mean, I didn't wait for my sister or my dad. I took them running up the hill, and I ran as fast as I could to the car, and I opened up the door and got inside and slammed the door behind me and my sister, and I locked the doors. My sister and dad caught up to me, and they're trying to get in, and my sister's pounding on the window, unlock the door, and I'm like, no, those bees are going to come in, you know? I can still remember so many things with my dad, because listen, although he worked, work wasn't it. But See, for some people, that's all they do is they work. There has to be more. Beyond this life, there's an eternity to face. Look what Mark 8 says in verse 36, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world, if he gets everything this world has to offer and he loses his own soul. My mom was there by my dad's side, which as she was looking at him making some comments, I said to my mom, I said, Mom, that's not dad. I said, that's the body he lived in. I said, his soul is departed. The Bible says that If a man gains the whole world or loses his own soul, what shall a man give in exchange? You see, when I think about these shepherds, I think we're very similar in our occupations. I think for so many of us, that's all we do is work, work, work. Folks, listen, the work we should be involved in is the same work Jesus was involved in. Jesus said, I came to do the work of him that sent me. Our song should be Will work till Jesus comes. That ought to be our song. And I hope that you can see some similarities in our occupations. But notice, secondly, I think there, we, in, like those shepherds, there's some similarities in our offensiveness. In our offensiveness, it, it, it didn't matter to the, these shepherds that they were raising lambs. These, some of these would be precious lambs, would be sacrificed in the temple. In society, if you study it out, these shepherds—that profession—they were social outcasts. No one, no one wanted anything to do with a shepherd. I mean, it, it was sad because uh, even those that were religious of the day, uh, they didn't want anything to do with these shepherds. And it, it, the, the nature of their work, what it, what it would do, is it would keep them away from home for weeks at a time, because as they tended to their flocks uh, on the fields, they would follow them, they would lead them, they would guide them, and their work caused them, according to religious tradition, it caused them to be ceremonially defiled. And you can understand that. Uh, The Bible talks about a group of people called the Samaritans. Remember how Jesus' own disciples. Jesus said I must needs go through Samaria and remember his own disciples are like are you kidding we don't go through Samaria you know why because they believed that even the dust of Samaria if it got on you it would defile you. Well imagine what they thought about shepherds. You think about some Christians today listen to me. Jesus was a friend of publicans and sinners. There was no one that Jesus would not sit down with. And yet I think a lot of times I'm around certain Christians because someone is a part of the LBGT, whatever community, or somebody's got tattoos, or somebody may not comb their hair the way that you do, or somebody may not like what you like. And you know what we do? We judge them and we distance ourselves from them. Because to us, just like these shepherds, they are, they are defiled. But can I tell you that the Bible says all have sinned? That includes you and me. There's none good. The only difference between you and that other person is you've been saved by the grace of God. That's the only difference. You see, we are just like these shepherds. As I think about them, religion is, was something that had turned its back on them. They moved from the countryside tending to their flocks, and they were even accused of being thieves, and many people considered them unreliable. They wouldn't even allow shepherds to give testimony in a court of law. They didn't didn't feel they were trustworthy. They were, to the people of the day, they were dirty, defiled sinners. And because of that, honestly, think about it, they had no hope. There was no hope for them. No one, even the religious elite, cared for them. They were lost. And just like you and I, they were destined for hell. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2, because not only does this describe those shepherds, it describes every one of us. The Bible says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation, our lifestyle, in time past in the lust of our flesh. We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And every one of us were by nature the children of wrath. That's us. That's the Dane Keeley that the people remembered when they saw me standing there at the side of my sisters and my mother. And I, th- I thought of that, how that in our lost condition, just like these shepherds, in our offensiveness, that all of us as mankind, we all have a common destination. And what does the Bible say? The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God, Ezekiel said, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That means every one of us. See, the reality is if we got what we deserved, we would all go to hell. How many of you realize that today? If we got what we deserved, aren't you glad for the grace of God? See, we're similar to these shepherds because of our occupations. You know, we're busy. But many times we don't think about there's an eternity that we will face. And we're similar to them in our offensiveness because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But notice, thirdly, we are similar in our opportunities. In our opportunities. These shepherds, listen to this. They received an invitation from heaven. And not only did they receive the invitation, but they accepted it. You ever get an invitation in the mail to something and you're like, well, I don't know, I'll have to check my calendar to see if I can make that. And sometimes if you're like us, you might misplace it or put it somewhere and forget that you have it. And then the person that sent it, they'll call you or message you, hey, are you planning on coming? And you're like, oh, I forgot about that. Listen, the invitation they received was to come see the Son of God. How many of you would forget that invitation? (laughs) I hope you came today to see him. I hope you came today to spend time with him, to adore him as they did. God gave them an opportunity, and they accepted. I mean, listen, they got that invitation, but they accepted that invitation, and that invitation changed their lives. Does not the Bible say, behold, I stand at the door and knock? If any man would open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. Do you spend time with the Lord? Have you opened the door? Isn't it sad that there was no room for him at the end? There's no room for him today in many people's hearts. A lot of people get up this morning, Christmas, just like my dad used to say, not about Christmas, but my dad used to say, like when it was his birthday, he'd say, it's just another day. But you know, today is just another day. I was talking to your son. He told me he had to work today. I thought, are you kidding me? But that's the way the world is. The world just continues to live as if God's son never came. See, we are like these shepherds in our opportunities. They they accepted the invitation. Religion, the, the religious elite of the day, they looked at them as defiled, dirty individuals. Religion had no place for them. Society had no place for them. But guess who had a place in his plan for them? God did. You know, God gave me an amazing opportunity this week, one that I never thought that I'd get. I've had the privilege to stand in front of many folks and preach. And the truth I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. If it was five people, 50 people, 500 people, or 5,000 people, I'm always nervous. I get nervous when you come to Sunday school. Say, Pastor, you don't look like it. I am. I'd just soon be invisible. If it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be up here. And God's given me opportunities to, to stand and, and, and speak. And I always understand that it's God's opportunity, God's invitation for me to do that. Brother Flynn, I got to do something I never in my life thought I'd get an opportunity to do. I was asked by my sisters and the Catholic priest to speak at my father's funeral and I, and i I labored, I delivered for days how God can I get the gospel out in a eulogy, and God gave me the opportunity to do that. I stood there, and God gave me the strength what a what a privilege! Right before I did that, my sisters. They were talking about some of the things that they were going to do when I was younger and some of you Catholic church the the, the church, the priest, they just pretty much did it they didn't ask songs, things like that, and they were asking which songs and and, and my sisters didn't say anything and I said, "Well, my mom loves amazing grace." and the priest said okay we'll do we'll do that one." They had their their choir singing and they, and then the priest said, he says, "Is anyone in the family?" does anybody in the family want to sing? And I'm, I'm sitting there just all I could do to not say something, and my sisters went, well, my brother's daughters can really sing. And the priest said, do you think they would want to sing something? And I said, well, sure they would. I, you know how it is, you volunteer your kids, right? <laughs> and so before I got up to speak, <clears throat> my daughters went up to this balcony in the Catholic Church, full of relics, and my daughters went up there and stood around a microphone and sang three verses of How Great Thou Art. I was watching the Catholic priest and his eyes were like saucers. I don't think he'd ever heard, I mean, I'm not saying their, their choir's bad or anything like that, but my daughters, with tears in their eyes, were able to sing for their grandpa. The grace of God was there. God gave us opportunities. I shared the gospel. I had many people who came to me, and I know they were being nice. And the truth was, I didn't say anything eloquent, but they, many of them had never heard the truth before. Oh, what an opportunity. You know, I'm so glad I didn't pass that opportunity by. So glad that i i didn 't say, "Oh, what will people think? What will so and so say about me didn 't matter didn 't matter. The only thing that mattered was God was give me an opportunity. God gave these shepherds an opportunity. He gave them an invitation from heaven, and they took that invitation they shared uh, time with, with the Son of God. Look, He loves us and He loved them, and He loved them just the way that that they were. The Bible says God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 4, look at what it says about Jesus. He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You know, the invitation for us to come to Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, guess what? That invitation's still available. That's why I haven't given up. And I know some people think it's old-fashioned, but as long as I'm preaching the gospel, as long as I'm pastoring a church, I'm always going to give people an opportunity to respond to the invitation of the Lord. Look what Jesus said in in Mark chapter 2. The Bible says, or excuse me, John chapter 7, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. You know what, I have to believe this. There's still people thirsty today. There's still people today that are wandering around aimlessly in life. And Jesus came looking for the lost. The Bible says in Mark 2, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician." You know, you don't go to the doctor when you're healthy. But the Bible says that he said to him, to them, they that are sick. He says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The shepherds, they, look, they could have been like so many people today. They could have just turned a deaf ear to the report of the angels, but they didn't. They received the message. They didn't allow the opportunity to meet Jesus to pass them by. And I love this verse in Isaiah 55. I hope that people will take this verse to heart Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. There's going to come a day when there's no more night, the door will be closed. And the Bible says, Call ye upon him while he is near. See, I think just like these shepherds, we are very similar in our occupation. We're very similar in our offensiveness. We're very similar in our opportunities because, look, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. That's everyone. That's everyone. But notice the last thing in closing. We are similar to them in our obligations. You know, they had spent time with Jesus. Their lives were changed forever Yeah, they they were shepherds. What did they do after they spent time with the Lord? Guess what? They went back to being a shepherd. They went back to their sheep. Uh, But the Bible does say that they went everywhere and told everyone what they had seen and heard. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When's the last time you talked to somebody, said, well, you don't understand the reprobates I work with? No, I don't, but Jesus died for them. Everyone should hear about Jesus. They returned to their flocks. They resumed their their lives. But guess what? Now they had a new song. Now they had a new message. Now they had a real purpose for living their lives. Can I tell you, listen to me. God saved you and gave you a purpose. And your purpose is not to sit and to sour and soak. It's to sing the praises of God. It's to tell everybody what he's done for you. Your life like mine has been altered from that one encounter with him. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, anybody saved this morning? Then you're in Christ. The Bible says if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, how many things are new? All. I love my favorite portion in the Old Testament, Psalm 40. Look at this. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up. Also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings, he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. People say, oh, Pastor, I'm sorry about your dad, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Listen, I appreciate that. I appreciate your sympathy, but can I tell you this morning, my hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood. And righteousness. I'm trusting in the Lord today, folks. My trust for Him today is as solid as it was last week when my Father was still on this earth. I have nothing to be sad about this morning. Listen, I met Him just like these shepherds, and I, and hopefully you, have a desire to tell others about him. Look, folks, when we have the Lord in our lives, we want to praise him for what he has done. We need to be like those shepherds and keep on living our lives and keep on working and keep on doing the things that we have. But now we have a new purpose in our hearts. And look, as we do that, may we do it for the glory of God. We may not be shepherds this morning, but can I tell you, we do have a whole lot in common with them. We have this matter of our occupations That we're busy. We have the fact that we're sinners in our offensiveness. We all have the opportunity because of the grace of God. But listen, we also have an obligation. And our obligation is go tell it on the mountain. That's our obligation. I love the passage. One of my favorite in Acts chapter number 3 where Peter and John are about to go into the temple at the hour of prayer. And I preached on this a couple months ago and there was a layman that was born that way He had never walked a day in his life. And he was going through the motions, asking for an alms. He was trying to make a living for himself. He couldn't work the way everybody else was. You know, so many people are trusting in what they can do. Peter and John, they saw the man. And Peter said unto him, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. Well, if Peter didn't have The mammon of this world, what did he have? He had Jesus. Such as I have. What do you have to give to people? Well, nothing special about yourself. But you have something that you can offer, and that is the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Say, Pastor, where are you getting your strength this morning? I mean, I know what it's like to lose a loved one, and you spent this week. Listen, I got my strength this morning from the same place that this man that had never walked a day in his life. God is strengthening me today, and God can strengthen you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I love what the Bible says. And he, leaping up. He didn't just kind of, no, he sprung to his feet. The Bible says he walked and he entered into the temple walking and leaping and praising who? God. Now, can you just hear the religious people? Hey, somebody get that lunatic and tell him to be quiet. We're in church. Tell him, listen, what's he so excited about? He just needs to sit down and be quiet. Don't they know that this is a place of worship? Well, last time I looked, they entered into the temple. I grew up in cold, dead orthodoxy. Wouldn't bother me a bit if some of you would just shout amen from time to time. Walking and leaping and praising God. Nothing wrong with that, folks, because we, like these shepherds, have had an opportunity to meet the Son of God. We're not shepherds, but we have a whole lot in common with Him, do we not? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, may you bless your word as you have promised. Give us a great time this morning as we came to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.